Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you tuned in today, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to, we appreciate you. We would also appreciate if you would like, subscribe, or share this podcast or this episode with a friend. We've actually got a lot of good feedback lately. A lot of great conversation has been started, and that's because you have taken it upon yourself uh, to talk about the, the episodes, talk about what we're talking about, and we love that you're joining in on this conversation. Yeah, do it. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, do so. We appreciate all the love and feedback. And as you've heard the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of our pastoral staff on Two Pastors and a Mic. This week, we have Pastor Tish Striegel, our children's pastor with us. Welcome, Tish. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on. We love having guest appearances, and what we've been doing for the question of the week is we've been asking each guest, what has been your favorite Two Pastors in a Mic podcast episode so far? And then a second follow-up question is, what is one of the craziest memories or stories that you might have with either Shanik or myself? Okay, first up on the podcast, I don't have a favorite one. I don't, I love them all. I um, just like my favorite color. I can't pick a favorite color. So, because I love all the colors. So, but if I have to say a series, it would be the cow tipping. Oh, right on. And you're allowed to have that as an answer because, you know, you work with children. Yes, I do. <laughs> and then the second question, what's one of your favorite or craziest memories with myself or Shanik? Okay. Um, gosh, this is hard because the craziest one would probably be the second, probably the second dinner that me and Tim had with you and Julia and you were kind of poking us around to see um, some good marital advice and you ask what kind of spices things up so in my mind I was trying to say sexting because <laughs> sometimes sexting during the day actually works and brings Tim home in a very good mood so but what came out of my mouth was just plain sex <laughs> I don't even remember this story but that's a great story for yeah sure. yeah so yeah so definitely that is very, very important in, in marriage as well. You've also been around for 20 plus, maybe 30 plus years here at Hill Study slash Cornerstone. Do you have a crazy memory or something you can throw Shanik under the bus with? I, nothing I can throw him under the bus, but a lot of people don't know that now Shanik, uh, Pastor Shanik is my boss, but at one point I was Pastor Shanik's boss. So he used to deliver flowers yep. in our flower shop. I did not know that. Yeah, I was a flower delivery boy, and Tish had the Floyd Knobs Flower Shop. What was it called again? Finishing Touch. Finishing Touch Floral, yep. And mm -hmm. uh, I needed a job, um, had my license, and you had a van and an mm -hmm. opening. So I actually delivered flowers for you all over the area. So Absolutely. He it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. So um, we're actually asking to all the pastors here as they join us on the podcast just to share a little bit of their story, a little bit of their journey, um, whether it's how they got here to Hill City or just a faith journey, like your process and how you got from wherever it was when you met Jesus to now in your maturity with him. So just maybe share a little bit of, of both, or it's probably all combined, um, but we'd love to hear a little bit of that story. Okay, well, um, I didn't grow up in church. I um, grew up in a farm. It was a small farm and uh, in Elizabeth, Indiana. Shout out to anybody in Elizabeth listening. Um, so church was very foreign to me. Um, when I got married, they, um, his family went to church. So uh, my first introduction to church was 
very different, very different from the life that I knew. There was, um, I'm trying to be kind here, there was a lot of legalistic um, things to do to be able to go in, to walk in the front door. Um, so it, it was it was a little hard. It was a little, um, what I want to say is shocking. Uh, not not putting it in 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 a bad perspective but it was way different than what I grew up because Sundays were as you know get up uh, eat breakfast you know watch the three channels that we had in Elizabeth which was usually I watched um, I can't even remember the name of the actual TV show but it was just a small you know a small version of life there uh, just a small uh, snippet of life. We got three channels and that was it. So when I was introduced to church for the first time, I was kind of sad a little bit that you had to do all of these things to get close to God. And not having any history or not having anybody teach me that, I kind of just kind of took some snippets here and there and just tried to piece my faith journey um, to what I believed was going on. Um Marriage didn't work. So um, five years and two kids later, I found myself single and not really wanting anything to do with church um, just because of a lot of judgment. So when I met Tim, um, I remember coming here on a Wednesday night. I remember going down the hallway. Um, the, the church had a hallway and it was like tile and then there was carpet. And I remember very vividly the first time my foot hit the carpet there was a mad rush of people rushing up to talk to me and which was way different I didn't see any snickering I didn't see any pointing um, I saw people generally wanting to know who I was and that really probably for the first time I actually felt accepted my whole life and that really changed my perspective of how church was and how church should be is very welcoming no matter where you're at I mean I'm sure that they were um, told I was coming because I was uh, Tim's girlfriend at the time or starting a date but the fact is that it wasn't just that first uh, Sunday or Wednesday it was a Wednesday night but it wasn't when I came to church on that Sunday and when I came to church the following Wednesday it was exactly the same it never stopped being that way and I don't feel like it's ever stopped being that way here today now that we are Hill City it's the same I see the same welcome and the same love and just the same compassion that we have for each other as they walk in the door. And how long ago was that, your first experience? My first experience was in July. This July will be 29 years. That's crazy. So the 90s. That, yes, the 90s. You didn't want to admit that. No, I didn't. <laughs> Why don't you tell a little bit, because you've actually, I, I'm going to throw you on the spot. Okay. You're working on a book. I am. And I've read the first chapter in there were things that you wrote in this book about your life story that I had never known. And I've worked with you for now a decade. And it was kind of shocking to me to know where you are now, the things that you've had to overcome. And I want you to share a little bit, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, because you did put it in paper to be published here soon, hopefully soon, right? Yes, soon. very soon. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Because I think our listeners will be shocked when they find out Pastor Tish has overcome this, knowing them now as, you know, you work with our kids, so. Right. Um, well, the first, uh, the name of the, the, the chapter is, uh, I know who I am. Um, 
but in the beginning I didn't know who I was um, and I think a lot of a lot of people will take their identity as what's going on in life and attaching that to their identity and then what's what's convenient and what is um, what what other people put on them uh, so I think you have a, a mirage of different identities as you go through life. Uh, some of mine have been uh, in being a survivor. And I don't mean um, as in a sickness. I just mean surviving from paycheck to paycheck, um, surviving through drama of going through a divorce, um, surviving by raising kids with uh, no other parent helping me, um, surviving getting no child support, uh, just just surviving surviving working uh, when it was it, it wasn't cool or wasn't okay to say hey I have children and I have babysitting issues as it is today I'm so glad employers have have moved away away from that but there were times when um, you know I was struggling just to have a babysitter just so I could go to work and when your child is sick and you don't have a babysitter and you have to miss work you get penalized for that and and it it was really a hard time growing um growing in this season when there was a lot of negative um pushback um from just the world from the family from people i thought that loved me and supported me so yeah there is a lot there um i'll share a couple stories when i moved to new albany i i moved from a two-room uh, apartment it was just two rooms, not two bedrooms, two rooms, um, to a house in New Albany. And I didn't have any pets, but the people before us that rented had pets. So as soon as we turned the heat on, we discovered that the house was infested with fleas. Uh, no help from the landlord to get the this flea problem. So that had to come out of my pocket. Uh, but it had no refrigerator in it. So I would set out my milk and eggs and anything else we had out in the back um in the backyard and it was great as long as the temperature didn't come above 40 degrees so if it came before 40 degrees you wasted it um so but i did that for a while i had to throw out a, a lot of different things but um yeah we we survived that for a couple months and as the summer uh it wasn't summer of was spring as the spring came on i guess one of the neighbors had noticed that i was doing this and they had called a place. I don't, I'm not even sure it's here anymore. It's Greenville Love Center. And I remember them knocking on my door one day. And they brought the ugliest green refrigerator. I mean, it was ugly green. But it worked. And they put it in that empty spot. And I remember going out to the store and buying. I bought two gallons of milk. And I bought eggs. And I bought cheese. And something else. And we put it in the refrigerator for the next morning. And me and the two girls, Shelly Michelle, uh, my daughter's, we had the best breakfast that day because we didn't have to worry about smelling the milk to see if it was, you know, bad or or if the, if the eggs were good or not or anything like that. We, but you know, just little things like that. Having a really um, having a working refrigerator was just amazing, you know, in a time that we didn't think we was ever going to get one. That's crazy. I know. And then <laughs> thinking back, it is. <laughs> I want to hear, and I know our listeners want to hear too how you met Tim and how you even arrived at then Cornerstone. Tell us a little bit, as much as you're willing to tell how that experience went down. So I got evicted from that house and uh, I kind of went, I did not want to move back in with my parents. Uh, so here me and my two kids were 
Um, we didn't have a place to stay, and I, and I stayed with a couple friends. Uh, but, I mean, and technically you could say we were homeless. So my grandma decided that it was time to cash in some of her money and kind of spread some inheritance. I'm sure she saw the need. She was a very generous lady, my grandma Bright. And so she, she pulled me aside and said, I have $2,500 that I'm going to give to you. You can use it any way you want to. So I said, $2,500 will buy me a trailer. I'm pretty sure it will, or a camping trailer or something. So I started combing through the, uh, the ads, and I found this trailer already set up in Cardosa Trailer Park, which is off of Cordon Pike. And um, so I met the guy, and his name happens to be Wayne Hampton, who owned the trailer. So we bought, I bought the trailer from him, and uh, me and the kids lived there. Uh, Shelly Michelle lived there for about a year. And I heard a knock on the door and I opened it up and there Mr. Wayne Hampton was again standing there and he goes I have a question to ask you and I said okay because I'm thinking what is going on he goes are you seeing anybody and I said no not right now I'm not he goes good I have somebody for you to meet <laughs> and so thus that's that's how I met him through Wayne Hampton because lo and behold one year later I mean it was it was just almost to the date one year later yeah and I love the initiative from Wayne yeah like just straight and ask, straight up ask you you see anyone why well, if not I got somebody for you exactly so, straight up straight ma- up. matchmaker maybe somebody that's listening right now maybe there's somebody that you need to just go out of your way and match somebody you never know what'll happen do it <laughs> yes 28 years 28 me and Tim's been married 28 years that's crazy so when you shared earlier your first experience at Cornerstone, how soon did you show up here after meeting Tim? Our first date was July 3rd. Um, so almost immediately. Yeah, almost immediately, yes. He was like, in order to date, you got to come to my church. No, no. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was too kind for that. He just said, hey, because um, I shared some bad experiences with him. Sure. Um, he goes, hey, I, I want to show, show you how it should look. He really did. He goes, I want to, I want to show you my family. He said that he has a great family, but everybody here was his family. And he's, he's been part of this church for a long time and it seemed very important to him. So I, I said, okay, sure, I'll come. But it really did change my life. And 28 years later, you're still here. You've been on staff for over 20 years, correct? Correct. And I know you guys left for like two years and came back. I can't believe that you've literally watched Shannon grow up. You've watched a lot of the kids that are a part of staff to a degree grow up. Now you're watching all of our kids. You've had Shannick's kids through the children's ministry. And I'm, I think it's crazy how, how much you have overcome in your life to be where you're at today. And I, I think people are going to be shocked by hearing that. I, I'm really looking forward to your book because you share so much more details you explain a lot of the traumas and abuse that you had growing up, even at a young age and as a, as a young girl into your first marriage and how quickly things have shifted over the last 20 years for you. And I'm just proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of who you are. I'm proud that my kids get to be under your leadership and learn every single week. Henry and Scarlett are coming with something that they learn. I'm like, my goodness, I didn't even Mm -hmm. think to share that with you. And here you are investing in my kids. So I'm just greatly appreciative of you and I know our our listeners will be encouraged to hear of how much you've had to overcome in your life to get to where you are today so thank you oh thank you yeah we really appreciate you and I'm just going to share one quick story Um, it's a story that actually you reminded me of that meant a lot to you as well whenever you and Tim actually had a season where you moved to northern Kentucky up by the Cincinnati area 
uh, you were on staff as our children's leader at the time and you were stepping away and you went to hand me the key to the church, the building, your office, all of that. And I just told you, no, keep that because I don't think it's done yet. And I didn't know, but I was just wanting you to keep it anyway, because you are family and we so appreciate you. And it was what, two years later, two years. Yes. And, uh, walk back through the doors and then get licensed and our children's pastor and continuing, you know, to do amazing work. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. When I want to go back one thing, I think our, Mm -hmm. our, our listeners, if you're still, um, still with us, I think one thing that Tish said earlier, hopefully you caught, hopefully you picked up on, cause I know I did. And she said, whenever she walked through that first church, she just couldn't believe that there were so many things put in place, so many restrictions to get close to God. And hopefully that's a reminder to you that, um, of course, according to Romans, right? Paul says that nothing can separate us from the love of God and there's freedom found in Christ. And I want you to know as our listener that you'll never be more close than to God than you are right now. Um, and you've always been close. Maybe you just weren't aware of it, but you have been. And you cannot get closer to God. Um, you can become more aware of him, but not closer. Um, and I want you to know that. And there's a song, um, honestly, I don't even know the name of it. We sing here at Hill City. And it's got my favorite uh, lyric in it right now. And uh, it just says, you'll never be more loved than you are right now. And I think that, Tish, you um, are a great example to everyone, our families, and especially our children, that they're loved right where they're at, that, that Jesus cares for them. And you think about it, like we as parents, we care for our kids and they don't have to do amazing feats. They don't have to, you know, break world records and, you know, get to some level of success that the world deems as important for us to love them. We love them regardless because they're our kids. And I love that example because it's a picture of of God's love for us and I want you our listener to hear it's God's love towards you as well like you are loved right now right where you're at and um amen I think Jesus just wants you to be more aware aware of him so anyway I just thought of that whenever you were sharing and I wanted to let our listeners know that and we have it officially on the record that your book is going to be released soon so you definitely have to finish (laughs) that you can't go back on that. And if you are a parent listening and you need some help or some resources, Pastor Tish has tons of those. She's available to you by email, tish, T-I-S-H, at hillcity.tv. Reach out to her. Take advantage of that. Uh, We love to do ministry. We love to do life with people. And if you need resources with parents, please take advantage of that. Yeah, please reach out. But I also want, Tish, just real quick off the top of your head, I didn't ask you this beforehand. Okay. Are there any kind of resources or what's something that a, a a parent can do right now to really deepen their relationship with their kids, uh, to be that good example. Um, what are some things that you've seen that have worked, uh, for families really to connect, um, together? And then of course, around, around Jesus and spiritual things like what, as a children's pastor, what advice do you have for parents? Well, I see it all the time. Um, definitely being there with it, with their children, um, it, and it doesn't have to be super spiritual because it can start out as a fun game or just a night out. And there, there are lessons everywhere. You can, um, you can be watching Disney, Dis- a Disney show, throw it out there, Disney. A lot of parents aren't, aren't happy with Disney right now. But seriously, I would rather see parents and children watch things together and have questions instead of saying, no, we're not going to go there. 
uh, because dialogue and communication is, I think, the number one thing. And always remember that it's um, it's letting the child know that they're loved no matter what they do. You know, that that is key important. You can be angry. And if your anger is is too much, just go to a corner, just go to a corner and say, look, we need we need a 10 minute in our own corners, you know, whatever, do whatever you need. But just take a break and then come back and then and then revisit uh, the issue or the or the conflict or the solution but taking a corner sometimes is probably the best thing that you can do and then of course you know just read with them um you know if uh, ask the kids is there something in the bible that you don't understand and if you know let them let them have the opportunity to, to ask i love that you said to the corner and you weren't talking about the kids no i was not talking about the kids the parents i remember we talked about this and that was you said that like two or three years ago in passing, and that was advice that I actually took to heart because I realized a lot of times I would do things out of discipline uh, because I was angry that I would regret later or something that we weren't trying to do, for example, like not trying to spank my kids anymore. And then I found myself out of anger spanking my kids. And I'm like, I need a timeout. I need to, to go get my head leveled and cooled off before I initiate what is going to happen next and that is such a great advice yeah parents go to the corner talk about it with your spouse before you come up with a consequence make sure you're both on the same page and figure it out together i love that i think that was a perfect segue and we're going to throw you on the spot as we close the episode we have our guests close us out so why don't you sign us off all right well thank you so much guys for listening to us join us next week for yet another amazing podcast here with two pastors and a mic. You're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.